Blog Talk Radio. For the next hour, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. And you can send messages to the show on the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan or on Twitter at GoForItGan. And while you're there on Twitter at GoForItGan, give me a follow at GoForItGan. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by former Raiders, former Rams, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Roland Williams. And Roland played in that Super Bowl 10 years ago, Buccaneers against the Oakland Raiders, Super Bowl 37. The infamous Super Bowl that Tim Brown was talking about, talking about Bill Callahan being a saboteur and, and sabotaging the Super Bowl. So we're going to talk to Roland about it. Give Roland's thoughts on it. Did, did Bill Callahan sabotage the Super Bowl for the Ravens? Ravens, not the Ravens, the Raiders, in the opinion of Roland Williams. We shall see. So we're going to get his take on that, and that should be very interesting to see. And here, and, I, and let me just give you my initial thoughts on it. I don't see why Bill Callahan, it wouldn't be in the best interest of Bill Callahan to sabotage his own situation. I mean, the reality is, if if he, let's just say, go on the premise that he was a saboteur and he sabotaged the Super Bowl. Let, let's just go with that premise. Let's go with that premise that he sabotaged the Super Bowl. Let's just go with that premise. What would be the benefit in that? What would be the benefit of that, Jim? Uh, Bill Callahan's a coach. He's a head coach. He's a coach in this league. That's what he wants to be, a coach. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't think he wants to be anything else but a coach. So why would he affect his situation? I mean, win that Super Bowl and Bill Callahan could be still coaching. Well, he probably wouldn't be coaching the Raiders now, but he could still be a head coach somewhere in this league. He could still be a head coach somewhere in this league. So... From my point of view, it would make no sense for Bill Callahan, no matter how much he hated the Raiders and no matter how much he loved John Gruden, it makes no sense for him to sabotage the Super Bowl. That doesn't make much sense as far as I'm concerned. That's kind of stupid on his part. That would be stupid on his part. Be asinine. So from that perspective, I don't think he did it. I, I don't think he, you know, only thing you could you could say is 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 you know from the standpoint um, of you can say that basically you know what if it's true that he actually changed the game plan forty eight hours before the Super Bowl you could say you know that was just the wrong move obviously he had the wrong game plan because his team lost his team lost on that particular day so obviously wrong game plan 
ultimately his team would lost. And you, you also have the situation with Bear Robbins. Some are saying that it's the reason why he did make the change because of Bear Robbins and that whole situation. Bear Robbins, we all know what happened to him. A couple, uh, couple days before the Super Bowl, he's off in Mexico living it up, having a good old time. We know he is bipolar, and he basically had a manic episode, and he just lost it. And the Raiders had to make some – I mean, he was a big – he anchored their offensive line. He was big-time Barrett Robbins. Barrett Robbins was a big-time center at that point for the Ravens – for the Raiders, excuse me. He was big-time. And for that whole situation, for to lose him, to lose him, to lose him at that particular moment, to lose him at that particular moment was big. It was big. It would have made a difference. I don't know. Rich Cannon was awful that day. Rich Cannon was truly awful that day. Five interceptions. That's awful. He was awful that day. The Raiders as a whole did not play good football on that particular day. And ultimately, it caused them. It cost them that game. They played one of their worst games at the worst time. One of his worst games at the worst time. And so the reality is, because of it, you know, Tim Brown is a little upset saying that the game plan was changed. Jerry Rice agreed with him, saying that the game plan was changed. The game plan was to run the ball, to have a run-heavy game plan. And if that truly was the case, just looking at the game Early on in that particular ball game, it was 3-3 at the end of the first quarter. Raiders actually jumped out to a 3-0 lead. But it was 3-3 after the first quarter. And at one point in the second quarter, it was 6-3. So, and it was even 13-3 at one point in the second quarter. So it was a, it was a manageable game throughout. Halftime, when we finally get to halftime, the Buccaneers are up 20-3. And in complete control, and then they come out in that second half and score, and they were up 27-3 to in that third quarter. And at that point, you're going to have to throw the ball a lot. You're going to have to throw the ball a lot in that particular point, at that particular point because you're behind, and the only way you're going to catch up is by throwing the football. As a whole, in terms of rushing attempts and everything, Charlie Gardner ran the ball seven times for 10 yards, and Zach Crockett ran the ball two times for six yards. Those guys were really not much of a factor in that particular ball game. All in all, I mean, it comes down to this. Was Bill Callahan, did he sabotage the whole situation, his friendship with John Gruden, his hatred for the Raiders? Was that enough for him to say, you know what, I'm going to do everything in my power for this Raiders team to lose? What Did he do that? I think it's a question, and I, I have to say no, because there really is no benefit for him to sabotage. He's basically sabotaging himself. Now, if you hate the Raiders that much, if you have that much hate in your heart for organization, and then, you know, you need help because you're basically sabotaging yourself. You're messing up your own situation. That's not good. That's not good. You're, you're, you're affecting your own money. You're hurting your own money. You're messing with your own money. And that's not good. That's not good. So it really is no benefit 
to Bill Callahan to to sabotage. He's sabotaging himself. So why would you sabotage yourself? Why would you sabotage yourself? Now, I, I mean, and, and on some level, if Tim Brown and Jerry Rice are, are bringing this out on this person, I hope it is true from this standpoint because now, whether it's true or not, I think people are going to pay attention. People are going. He's the, he is the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. People are going to be paying attention. He's calling the plays for the Cowboys. He is calling the plays for the Cowboys. So people now are going to look, fair or unfair, people are going to look, okay, what did Bill Callahan do against this particular team? That game plan that he put against put up against the Eagles was questionable, or that game plan that he designed against the Giants was questionable. People are going to start talking. People are going to start talking. Tim Brown, Jerry Rice has just given everybody something to talk about. He's just giving everybody something to talk about. And people are going to talk, fair or unfair, moving forward in terms of Bill Callahan. People are going to talk, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think it happened. It just would be mind-boggling because just going on the logic that you hate the Raiders that much, you're it, by winning – you can leave the Raiders. You can have an opportunity to go and pick the place that you want to go to could, because that opens up doors for you. So it really, if you know, if we, if we, we go, let's say we go to a job every day, we hate our job. It wouldn't be no benefit to us to mess up things at the job and affect the company. That's no benefit to us. The benefit to us if we're helping the company grow and making the company better because we can put that on our resume and say, you know what, this is what I did to make this company better. I'm, unha- I'm unhappy at this company, but these are the things I did to make this company better. Now I can move on because I've done these things. And you built you, Your resume is built, and you can move on and say, you know what, I don't have to be here no more. Uh, people are going to want me because of the things I did for this company. Even though I hate this company, I did great things for this company, and that's going to help me moving forward. So all in all, bottom line, it does not make any type of sense for Bill Callahan to basically sabotage himself. Because, yeah, he could be sabotaging the Raiders. Yes, that's a part of it if he did do it. But more importantly, to him, for him, and for generations of Callahans, he's affecting his own situation. He would be affecting his own situation if he decided that sabotaging that game was the right thing to do. That doesn't really make sense. It, it just goes against logic. And, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't think he did it. I just think bottom line, maybe he, maybe he did change the game plan. Then we're getting conflicting reports on that, but maybe he did change the game plan a couple of days before the game. And, and maybe that is a byproduct of the whole situation with Barrett Roberts. And the bottom line is your center is like the quarterback of the offensive line. So they have a big role. They make the calls, the protection calls. They have a big role in that game, in the game. So, you know, maybe the whole situation with Barrett Robbins forced the Raiders' hand and forced the Raiders to have to change the game plan. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to talk to Roland Williams, who played in that game, former tight end for the Raiders. And we're going to get his take on 
that particular situation? What happened? What happened? Let's stick to, let's stay in the NFL now, and I want to go to the Pro Bowl, which is being played this Sunday. I mean, it's the reality is football on Sundays is done after this. I mean, we have the Pro Bowl, but you know it is what it is. But after that is the Super Bowl, and then after that we got to wait six, seven months, man, to to see football again, and it's always a long time. It's a long time to get to playing football again and watching football again. It is what it is. It's a long time. It's a long off season. Our Sundays will never be the same, at least for the next few months. We'll be watching basketball, NBA. Of course, baseball is going to be starting soon. And so we, we have hockey now going. So there is going to be things to watch. But football is king in America. Football is big in America. And Americans love their football. But Americans love their basketball you got March Madness coming up as well. But anyway, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is coming up this Sunday. I don't know if you're going to watch. I probably will not be watching. Um, I watched a little bit last year. I, I generally don't watch the Pro Bowl. If I do, I watch 5, 10, 15 minutes of it. Because that's all you can watch of it. It's it's not exciting. It's not exciting. It's not a great watch. It's not a good watch at all. And Aaron Aaron Foster had some interesting comments uh, yesterday. He said a, a great quote: "This isn't basketball. You can't go play a pickup game of football." It's a great point. It's a great point. You can't play a pickup game of football. And the thing is, with football, it's such a physical game that who wants to play in a Pro Bowl with that type of physicality? Who who goes to play in a Pro Bowl to get hurt? And, you know, these guys, the reality is in the NFL, your contracts aren't guaranteed. Your contracts are not guaranteed. So you go around, mess around, get hurt, hurt in the Pro Bowl, what's going to happen for your career? What's going to happen for your career? I mean, what happens to your career? If you get hurt in the Pro Bowl, what happens? What happens? You're out of luck. You're messing with your money as far as I'm concerned. You are messing with your money. You're messing with your money. And and I can go back to a story where you have uh, Robert Edwards. Remember him running back for the Patriots for many years. And, And Robert Edwards blowing out his knee in an NFL rookie flag football game in Hawaii. Um, you remember that? And, and there was talk that he almost had to get that leg amputated. And there was talk that he may never walk again because of that injury. And you look at that injury and you say to yourself, okay, yes, we want to be entertained and watch, and we want to see a competitive Pro Bowl. But the reality is look, looking, in, looking at that Robert Edwards story and just this is an exhibition game. This is football. This is football. And like Arian Foster said, this is totally different than a pickup basketball game. Totally different animal. Totally different animal than a pickup basketball game. He's right. He's right. You can just go out, let's play a pickup basketball game, and it's totally different. Football is physical. Every play, you're hitting somebody. Every play, these linemen have to get off the ball and hit somebody. 
and his defensive linemen have to rush the passer and sack the quarterback. And the secondary has to break up passes in this, uh, break up passes, break up, uh, you know, go for interceptions in the secondary. All these things have to happen, and it's a physical game. You can't, to me, the, the Pro Bowl can't be any better than it is. It, it just can't be. You can't make the Pro Bowl any better than it is. And as a, you know, if if I'm an NFL player. I'm not going out there and, and, and risking my money, messing with my money. My contract isn't guaranteed. My contract isn't guaranteed. So I'm not messing with my money. I'm not going to mess with my money. So I'm not going to go out there and just play like I'm playing a regular game. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. And I know there's a possibility that this could be the last Pro Bowl. Ever. Maybe the NFL at this point is saying, you know what, why bother? Why bother playing the Pro Bowl? Why bother? Why bother? Who cares? It's, it's, it's just not a game. No, it, it, why bother playing it? It's basically touch football. It's a touch football game. And I don't blame these players. I don't blame these players one bit. I don't blame these players one bit. And Arian Foster went on to say in his quote, I think it's an honor and a tradition, but for you to expect the best athletes in the NFL to come out and play a 100% game when you can't game plan, you can't blitz, you can't do all those things, it's not going to be competitive like everybody wants it to be. I agree, I agree, Arian. You made my point for me, boss. It's impossible for this game to be a competitive, real football game. It's just impossible. The NFL game is too physical. It's just too physical of a game. You watch the hockey all-star game, it's the same way. Guys just going up and down the ice, it's very offensive. Even in basketball, guys going up and down the court. One thing I'll say about the NFL, NBA, I should say, to me it's the best all-star game out there. But one thing I say about the NBA all-star game is when it's down the stretch, when the game is close, guys start daying up a little more. It just starts to get real. But can you, can you really get real in an NFL game without anybody getting hurt or the possibility uh, of somebody getting hurt? I don't think you can. And I think the Pro Bowl is what it is, and I think the NFL is going to have to accept it for what it is. If it's, get, if it's rating well, people are watching – Relatively, to to if people are watching, on some level, you might as well just keep it the way it is and let the players enjoy a trip to Hawaii. Let the other players uh, talk and 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 have dialogue with felt with their fellow player, and and just that's it. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is, and I think they should keep the Pro Bowl. Obviously, it's a waste of time. You can, and but I think you can make the argument that all the All-Star games as a whole are a waste of time. The NBA is the best, but really, it's truly a waste of time. I mean, it's exciting and all, but it really is a waste of time. Baseball, the same thing. I know baseball now, you win, you get the uh, the, the whatever league gets to home field advantage, which is stupid. The All-Star game in baseball is a waste of time. Hockey, you know, some guys scoring a whole bunch of goals, really, is a waste of time. And the NFL is the same deal. Teams putting up a whole bunch of points, 
But truly, on some level, in a lot of ways, it's really a waste of time. They're all a waste of time. They're really all a waste of time. And I don't think you can make, you, you can you can probably toy with baseball a little bit. You can toy with the NBA a little bit, the NBA All-Star game, which I think is the best. But you can play with that a little bit. But you can't play or, or with this NFL All-Star game, or should I say the Pro Bowl. You can't play with the Pro Bowl. You can't do or, or do anything with the Pro Bowl. It, it really is what it is. It's an exhibition football game. It's it's a step above flag football, essentially. It's a step above flag football. That's all it is. It's a physical flag football game with pads. So as far as I'm concerned, the game is what it is. Aaron Foster said it right, best. Aaron Foster said it best. This isn't basketball. You can't go play a pickup game of football. Arian Foster continued and went on and said, it's an honor and it's a tradition, but for you to expect the best athletes in the NFL to come out and play a game 100% when you can't game plan, you can't blitz, and you can't do all these things, it's not going to be competitive like everybody wants it to be. And I couldn't have said it any better. That is the bottom line. It's not going to be a competitive game. It can't be a competitive football game. It just can't be. It just can't be that way. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And if people want no Pro Bowl, then maybe there won't be a Pro Bowl. The NFL is going to look into it. They're going to make their decision. They're going to decide whether or not the Pro Bowl still should be played. I say yes, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Just keep it. Because all sports and their all-star games are a waste of time. All-star games are a waste of time in general. So you might as well just keep it. Accept it for what it is. Unless you're saying, unless you're, you're you're doing something in terms of guarantees and protecting the players, if there were if they were to have a, a some kind of career threatening injury, unless you do something like that, then it is what it is. It is what it is. Let's go to the NBA now. Last night in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. Won. They won last night, everybody. The Lakers won. The Lakers won. And the fans are loving it. The Lakers won last night. The Lakers beat the Jazz last night. Ended a four-game losing streak, 102-84. to The Lakers now trying to get themselves right. Dwight Howard said... No more negativity with this ball club. He wants the negativity around this ball club to cease and desist. He wants no more negativity. No more drama. No more negativity. And I look at the box score last night. Interesting. Dwight Howard had 12 shots. Steve Nash had 11. Kobe had 10. But Metal World Peace was the leader in the shots department. He had 16 shots last night. But all in all, I look at the shot distribution with the Lakers. 
It's a balance there. Kobe with 10. Nash with 11. Dwight Howard with 12. Meta World Peace with 16. It's a balance there. And quite frankly, that's the way it should be. That's truly the way it should be. Kobe probably is shooting too much, but that also could be a byproduct of the Lakers as a whole struggling and Kobe doing what Kobe wants to do, and that is, you know, when he sees his team down, he's a superstar. So superstars do what superstars do, and that is they try to shoot their team back into it and try to win any means necessary, any means necessary. But the shot distribution that we saw last night with 10 for Nash, 11, 10 for Kobe, 11 for Nash, these are the type of things, and 12 shots for uh, Dwight Howard, these are the type of things that we should be seeing. I mean, we shouldn't see Kobe's shooting on average 21 shots a game, close to 22 shots, 21.9 shots a game, 21, tw- basically 22 shots a game. Dwight Howard's shooting 10 shots a game. Gasol is getting 11 shots, 11.2 shots per game. And Metal World Peace is getting 11.3 shots per game. And Nash is getting 8.4 shots per game. It should be a balance. I mean, that shouldn't be. Kobe shouldn't be taking 10 more shots. Well, pretty much 12 more shots than Dwight Howard. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be per game. That shouldn't be. There should be a level of balance there. There should be a, a, some kind of some much more balance than that. And Grant Dwight Howard isn't 100, percent but they got to find a way. In my mind, I think they should work inside out. I think they should work inside out, open things up a little more. I think it would open things up more for Kobe. Also, the thing is with also in playing inside out, Dwight Howard does have to make his free throws. He does have to make his free throws, and the reality is, he needs to make them. He needs to make his free throws. He's got to make his free throws. And I think that would make him a a, a better, more of a threat if he could make his free throws. He's got to make his free throws. He can't shoot the type of free, he can't shoot 50% from the free throw line. He's got to get that up to 60, maybe 70% if possible. But he, he can't. Shoot 50%. I mean, at that point, if you're shooting 50% from the foul line, it's not good. That's not good. I mean, this is a guy throughout the course of his career. Last year, he kind of dipped low, 49% from the free throw line. Um, But 2010, 2011, close to 60%. 29, 2010, close to 59%, 59% pretty much. 59% 59% also in 2008 and 2009. So he's hovering around close to 60%. His career average is 58% from the free throw line. So he's hovering around close to 60%. He needs to be closer to that 60 than to that 50. But he's, he's got to get those percentages up. He becomes a liability on some level if he can't make free throws. It becomes Hacka Howard. Hacka Howard. That's what it becomes. And even still, with, even with everything that's going on with the Lakers, Dwight Howard is still having a big-time year. I mean, a, a decent year, 16 points and 12 rebounds a game. That's good. That's nothing to sneeze at. And also two and a half blocks a game. 
So Dwight Howard is still having a fairly decent season. He's still having a fairly decent season. Bottom line is the Lakers aren't winning. You could say chemistry. You could say they're just slow. You could say it's the Mike D'Antoni system. You could say all these things. But at the end of the day, they're not winning. They are not winning. And this is a team now that won last night, and maybe they could turn around. Dwight Howard wants no more negativity. So we're going to talk about the positive side of the Lakers. They won last night. They won last night. And also, in winning last night, they went from 12th to the 11th seed in the Western Conference. That's positive, right? They ended a four-game losing streak. That's positive, right? That's, all these things are positive, right? Let's keep it positive. They're 18-25 and, and and climbing. They beat the Utah Jazz, a team that is ahead of them, right? The Jazz are ahead of them. Jazz are in the seventh spot, so they beat a team that they're competing with in terms of getting to the playoffs. Another positive, right? We're keeping it positive. This is all, all positivity. We want to keep this thing positive in honor of Dwight Howard. He says let's keep it positive. We're going to try to keep this, keep this thing positive. We're going to keep it all positive. Kobe Bryant messed around and almost got had a triple-double. 14 points, 9 rebounds, 14 assists. Almost a triple-double. Metawell Peace had five three-pointers last night. Let's keep it positive. Dwight Howard, another double-double. 17-13. Let's keep it positive. Let's keep this thing positive. Paul Gasol off the bench had 15 points. Steve Nash scored 15 points. Let's keep it positive. Let's keep it positive. Let's keep this whole thing positive. Oh, Metal World Peace almost had a career high in three-pointers. He did have five, but his career high is six. He almost hit that last night. Keeping it positive, uh, Dwight, just like you asked. You asked for us to keep it positive. We're keeping it positive for you. When we come back, we're expected to be joined by Roland Williams, of, formerly of the Oakland Raiders, played with the Buccaneers, also played with the Rams. But we're going to get Roland's take on, on, on the Super Bowl 10 years ago. Buccaneers, Raiders. Was Bill Callahan a saboteur? Did he sabotage the situation? You'll hear Roland Williams' thoughts when we come back. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! We're back. We're back. And we're, we're about to be joined now by a guy, former tight end in this league, but a guy who, who, who 
can shed light on the whole situation with Tim Brown and Bill Callahan. Was Bill Callahan a saboteur? Did he sabotage the Super Bowl? I don't think he did. I don't think it would be in his best interest to do that. But we'll see. We shall see. I don't think he did. Let's bring him in now. Former tight end, played for the Buccaneers, played for the Rams, and also played for the Raiders, the one, the only, Roland Williams. Roland, how are you, man? I'm doing spectacular, guys. Only a few days away from the Super Bowl. Isn't it ironic that football, Super Bowl dreams and memories are coming back up? <laughs> it, it always happens sometimes. We go back and we start reminiscing. And when we start reminiscing, some bad things tend to come out. You know what I'm saying, man? I said this whole situation with him reminds me of anybody who's ever played in a championship game and lost like at any level of any sport, okay? It happened to me in high school. I lost to a team called the Fairport Red Raiders. They beat us in high school. And to this day, I'm sick about that loss. <laughs> this situation for Tim Brown is just like that. This is a, a grumpy old man syndrome. Tim is a little bit upset at losing a Super Bowl. And when you have 10 years to think about it, Hall of Fame coming, Heisman Trophy, beautiful wife, kids. I think it really ticks you off, man. And that's what I think is going on here. So, uh, judging by what you're saying, you don't think Bill Callahan was a saboteur? You don't think he sabotaged the Super Bowl? No, here's the thing, gang. Creating a, a game plan that doesn't work, being a bad coach or whatever you might want to call it, that's kind of an ethical crime. That's not a, a moral crime. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How many times have you seen a game where somebody goes down 14-0 early in the game and you see somebody abandon their, their offensive team? That happens all the time. I mean, that's what happened with, with, with the Oakland Raiders. I mean, Rich Gannon, we had five turnovers in that football game. Five turnovers. Who wins the Super Bowl with five turnovers? Who wins the <laughs> game with five turnovers? I mean, did Callahan tell the person to fumble? Did Callahan tell Rich to throw interceptions? I mean, come on. Five turnovers? Come on. You, you can't win well, let's Let's look at it this way. I mean, Apparently, the game plan was on Monday. It was a, It was centered around the run game on Monday. And according to Tim Brown and, and everyone else, Jerry Rice also uh, agreed with him. According to these guys, on Friday, the game plan changed. Did it happen that way? The game plan, the emphasis on Friday before a game is always the past. That's what the whole okay. day is about. You don't go over the entire game plan every day on Monday. <laughs> Tuesday, you know, it's a running game. You know, you got the short yardage, your third down. I mean, this is a progression. And on Friday, it's your red zone. It's your pass offense. That's how it works. And so, uh, you know, again, I don't I don't want to – I know my guys have the best intentions. I know they, 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 they want to communicate their side of the story. But the truth is the game plan didn't change. It was just a different focus. And it doesn't really matter with the game plan. It's all that is what you do in a game. And in this game, we just turned the ball over five times and passed a little bit too much. So, 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 but by the way, though, just as an aside, if you call a play, technically you know that the team can make it work, you know. True. There's nothing wrong with the team actually executing on that play. So, so even the plays that they called, even if it wasn't the right call, we had good enough players to make the plays work. So, my thing, the biggest, the biggest one that people aren't talking about, I'll tell you this one, though. Big mistake by Callahan. 
we didn't change our audibles. We call we used the same audible that we used when I played when when Gruden coached us the year before. Right. And so I went and played for the Bucks the year after the game. And after the game, and that year, uh, some of the notable guys on the team, Brooks Lynch, the guy, said that one of the easiest games they ever played in their career was in the Super Bowl because we did the exact same thing that Gruden thought we would do. And to me, that was a big mistake. We supposed to change our audible from our routes and our adjustments to not be exactly the way Gruden remembered us from last year. And that was essentially Gruden's offense that you guys ran in Oakland. Exactly. And I thought that that, now that is something I think that would have been appropriate to change a few things. You know, don't, don't, don't call it 200 jet. You know, we call it audible jet. You know, call it, you know, 200 plane. You know, let's not call it fire. Don't make the audible call fire. Make it dragon this week. You know, there's some things we could have did and right. a guy mentioned it a few times, but it wasn't met with support. And I think that, again, poor game planning or poor adjusting to the chess match of the NFL is, is, is cause of concern, but definitely it's not uh, a moral issue. So what was the game plan? Going into that game, what was the game plan? The game plan was a heavy dose to Tyrone Wheatley and the largest offensive line in the National Football League. Now, you got to put this in perspective, for Callahan's perspective. By the way, Callahan's a nice human being. He has a, a great family. You know, he's a guy that's committed to football. Coach Callahan was the offensive line coach for the Oakland Raiders for years before he got this gig. Anybody that's ever played a football team knows the offensive line coach is the guy that likes to hit people in the mouth and run the football. Right. Everyone knows this. The offensive line coach is the one that's beloved by everybody. It's the one the offensive lineman gravitate behind. The only line coach is, is, is the heart and soul of a football team. And so for, for someone to suggest that Callahan didn't love the Raiders and everything, if he's been the offensive line coach for years, coaching some of the best with Newsies and, and, and Jim Kennedy, uh, you know, it's like so many guys, Middleton, I don't think we had Middleton on that line. We had True. We had Ben Robbins, of course, we had issues with. But we had we had a great offensive line, and that was because of Coach Callahan. So I just think that it, it's just it's a grumpy old man syndrome, and I think that we need to just, just move on, man. It's time to move on. So from your standpoint, it's basically Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, two grumpy old men. These boys basically have something against uh, Bill Callahan. Well, well, I think I think it's it, it's it's the competitive spirit. I think that those guys are Hall of Famers for a reason. I think that right. those guys are are tremendous athletes. I love them both, by the way. Of course, I love them as human beings. And but the fact is, is that for us to come back ten years later and say that another coach actually literally conspired to lose a Super Bowl, that just seems a smidgen far fetched. And I'm sure you guys heard uh, Callahan's response, yes? Yes, I have. I have. I've read it. And judging by that response, if those guys don't take their comments back, he may see him in court. I mean, it seems, it seems like, you know, I don't think Callahan agreed with their sentiment. Let me just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's basically, and that's, that's the bottom line to it all. We're talking to former Raiders tight end Roland Williams. He played in that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 37, 10 years ago. Raiders, Buccaneers, we all know what happened in that particular ball game. Jerry Rice and Tim Brown also agreed that the game plan may have set off Barrett Robbins. We all know what happened with Barrett Robbins. Had a manic episode pretty much a couple days before the Super Bowl. Do you think that changing the game plan, if it did happen, changing the game plan, did you think or do you think that may have set off Barrett Robbins? 
man, I think that's, again, that's another one that's a little bit far-fetched. Uh, you know, Bear was, was bipolar, and, you know, he always played his game with meds. This particular game, he wanted to play a game without having his meds on. Um, I literally, I had just thought, uh, you know, him and his wife and kids, like only a few hours before he sort of got missing. Um, you know, he, he's, a hell of a, he's a hell of a guy, a hell of a teammate, hilarious, uh, gregarious, and all that good stuff. So uh, to suggest that he was that selfish all of a sudden, you know, and the Super Bowl over some plays, um, that 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 was that's a discredit to Eric and and his mentality as a, as an athlete as a player. You know, we play the game. We don't we don't we don't get caught up into this the foolishness of politics. You know what I mean? Especially offensive linemen. You know what I mean? Those guys they play the game. And I think that that's the fact. So no, Rodgers wasn't because of no game plan didn't go anywhere. <laughs> that, that'd be the most childish thing I could talk to. Are you crazy? No. Well, let me just play devil's advocate here for a moment. I mean, the Super Bowl, I mean, you're talking about that big stage. The biggest stage in terms of a football game is the Super Bowl. Is it possible? I mean, it's possible, you know, in terms of, you know, being bipolar, certain things could set it off. Pressure, stress could set it off. Is it? I mean, there is always that possibility. I agree with you. I don't think that what that's what happened, but there is that possibility. Yeah, if you don't take your meds and you're excited about something and you're hanging out half a good time, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can get lost in the thoughts a little bit. But let's, <laughs> but let's be honest, guys. If you guys were in the Super Bowl of broadcast, Super Bowl of radio show, okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, whatever that equivalent is for you, right. are you going to miss it? Are you crazy? You're going to miss it? Like, you're not. You work too to tell your own life to get there. You're not going to miss it or quit it because you don't right. like the microphone. I mean, what? <laughs> what? Are you you're crazy? right. <laughs> That's not even possible. That's not even commonsensical. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so I'm just, it, it does, it's not. It, it, that's all I'm saying. That this stuff doesn't seem even plausible. And when you know all the parties involved, it really makes it sort of, you know, it's unfortunate, man. So what can you say? It's a bitter. It's a bitter situation, and it highlights the bitterness that I have for the Fairport Red Raiders uh, when losing that championship in high school. <laughs> it reminds me <laughs> of the same thing. It's going to be bitter. Ironically. Every two weeks before Super Bowl. <laughs> Bottom line is this: in, in your opinion, you were there. Bill Callahan is not a saboteur. No, no. That's about it. An offensive line coach that was in the head coach's body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, not a saboteur, man. Not a saboteur. All right. We're talking to former Raiders tight end Roland Williams. He played in the Super Bowl. 37, 10 years ago, Raiders, Buccaneers. Roland, I, I got to ask you this. I know, and I want to move to this to, to this upcoming Super Bowl. I know you're a Christian man, and we're hearing Ray Lewis. Every time, every chance he gets, he's talking about God. He's talking about no weapon formed against the Ravens shall prosper. I mean, I, I believe in God just like the next man. And in my opinion, I think God does decide games. It's just my opinion. God is in control of everything. I think he decides football games. Do you think God decides who wins games? Um, I, I don't know if, if God sort of has the win-loss column and, you know, a bracketeering and he, you know, decides <laughs> the victory. But I do think that, um, you know, I think that God allows, allows what's supposed to happen to happen. Let me just say that. You know what I mean? And so 
you know, there's a whole lot of factors, I think, in, in everything that happens in life. You know, why do these little kids die, you know, for no reason? Why do they have a shooting, in, in, you know, in Connecticut? Why? Like, why are these things happen the way they are? And I think that everything has a divine sort of connector, connection. Mm-hmm. And although although I don't think that Ray can pray his way, you know, saying or not, or, or decree that God has a special blessing for him, and then all the other guys, all these things are heathens, and don't have and don't have faith or God at all. You know what I mean? That that that's a little bit of a stretch. But he has a right to his beliefs, man. You know, God bless him. I love Ray, and and no weapon has prospered against him so far in the playoffs. <laughs> that is very true. No weapon has. You know, you know, you're right. you know I mean, you know, you know, you said stuff after the game, by the way, after the victory, right? <laughs> that's true. That is true. That that is a good point. I mean, I, I look at it to me. I mean, life for all of us to me is all about timing, and sometimes it is that person's time to shine. It is that, and maybe it's Ray's time. Maybe I'm saying that what, what what is Ray going to say to the game if they don't win? Let's just hear. Let's hear. Let's, let's reenact their interview. Hey Ray, you know tough game. You know. Um. Well, you know, sometimes in life, I mean, God puts us in position to win certain games and do certain things, but sometimes it's just not people's time, and maybe it just was not our time. Well, Ray, you said no weapon formed against you, so prosper. I, I was but talking about against the against the uh, Patriots and against the Broncos and against the Colts. Oh, okay. So this one you didn't quite believe it as much. Well, I mean, it just wasn't God's will for me. Okay, okay, Ray. Congratulations <laughs> on a hell of a career. We love you, Thank and that was, your antics were awesome. <laughs> and, and let's go to the Super Bowl now. I mean, the Ravens, they're riding that Ray Lewis wave. The 49ers are getting big-time play out of their quarterback, Colin Kaepernick. How do you see this game playing out? You know, I keep looking at this game frontwards and backwards, but here's where the X factor is. Kaepernick and this 49er offense, this little triple option, little dandy that they have going, this little zero option, I mean, the NFL has not caught up to it yet. It's going to take the NFL maybe a year or so to find real solutions for it. But for now, this 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 little offense has taken a league by storm, and it puts so much pressure on the defense. The defense has to actually move fast. And that's the one thing that I don't feel like this defense of the Ravens is as fast as previous ones. I know Ray's not fast as he used to be. And I think that at the end, Kaepernick and, he's young, and Gore is going to exploit this guy because they're fast, man. And they're right. good. And Vernon Davis sprinkled in. I just, I just think that that offense has a chance to explode. Whereas I think that when you look at that 49er defense versus that Baltimore offense, there's more opportunities and chances that they can slow them down a little bit. So given that fact, um, I just think that the 49ers are the better overall team, and let's see if they play like it. The, and I agree with you. The, I agree with you. On the surface, on the paper, I think the 49ers – are the better team. But the only thing that scares me, and if Ray Lewis wasn't playing in this game, that I would say hands down the 49ers will win. But some of the talk that Ray Lewis is talking, it's starting to get to me. I'm starting to believe they are destiny's child. <laughs> I like that. Ray's, Ray is working on you, man. He's working. Right. He said he's talking mystical and, you know, talking marginal life. And, I mean, all that is, I think, is a part of, a part of his strategy to make that prophecy come true, you know? You know, well, that's um, true. But, I mean, you put it out there. You put I, good feel, things into the universe, good things tend to happen. So I, I like that. I like that. I speak life to your show, man. I think you have a, a heck of a show, <laughs> and I think it's going to be great for years. 
I'm speaking life to this show right now. Amen. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. I appreciate it. Greatly appreciate it. You're putting the, you're putting yeah. the good things out there into the universe. You're putting positivity yeah, out there into the universe. That's a great thing. And, Roland, you're doing great things in, in the community, man. You do a lot of great things with kids and everything. Tell us about some of those great things that you're doing. Man, you are you are so kind, man. I said, you know, do people think that, like, when you retire from football, all of a sudden, like, you know, you, there's nothing you can do that's productive. And it's so not the case. You know, I have three little sons, and uh, right now I'm, I'm an author. I finished writing my first three books and a uh, poet. And I do mentorship with young people. And uh, to not make it boring, if you're interested in learning about the small things we can do to make kids' lives better, you can go to rollerwings.com and check it out. But at the end of the night, my major emphasis is trying to help kids find out how to find their happy place. You know, we spend our times in life, guys, like chasing things, and we think it's about having things and people and a certain person. It's really, it's about being happy. And when we when we find our happiest life, We'll live our best life, you know what I mean? And so it's important that we tap into that. So I'm, I'm happy to be hanging out with you guys this wonderful uh, Saturday morning. I had definitely, turkey bacon. Definitely. Turkey bacon with healthy egg whites, you know, trying to lose weight. And uh, That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to sit and reminisce about Fairport Red Raiders and, you know, and how they beat me <laughs> in high school. And, <laughs> and, and pray for Tim. <laughs> pray for Tim and Ray. <laughs> Definitely, and, and that is the only thing that's keeping me from going with the 49ers. It really is. I mean, I, I don't like to go against destiny. I, I really don't, and um, I feel like I, if, if I pick the 49ers, I may be that weapon that that's for me against Ray, and I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's like, but it's destiny according to Ray. It's the gospel according to Ray. So, yeah, so I can't. I can't I, I'm afraid. I, I don't know what to do about this, but I still have time, and, and and I may overcome it at some point. We'll see. No weapons. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. That's just, so you got me thinking. I got to crack that one out. <laughs> no weapons, girl. I, I think what should happen. I think they need to bring you in. Before the game, you need to sing that song. Maybe you're Fred Hammonds. You guys can do a little duet, and maybe that'll be the thing that motivates the Ravens to win the hey, Super Bowl. That's on my bucket list. That's on my bucket list now. Ooh, baby. Fred Hammonds, no I think it needs to happen. I think you need to talk to Fred Hammonds. You guys need to talk to Ray, and you guys need to find a way to make this happen. Get into that locker room before the game. Start singing that song. Maybe even at halftime, too. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah. I like that. Well, you got me singing that song all day now. It's so nice. Fans, support this man. Go to RolandWilliams.com. See some of the great things he's doing. He's a poet. He's an author. And Roland loves the kids. Roland, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. And let's do this again. All right, man. You're the guy. Have a great one, man. Take care. Roland Williams, tight end, former tight end, played for the Raiders, played for the Rams, played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he put it out there, simple and plain. As far as he's concerned, he's concerned, it didn't happen. Bill Callahan is not a saboteur. He didn't sabotage the Super Bowl, and I agree. I mean, again, if you sabotage the Super Bowl, you're sabotaging yourself, Bill Callahan, if that's what he did. That would be silly. That would be stupid. And that would really just 
it's illogical to think that these guys, it was illogical to think that Bill Callahan would sabotage himself all in the name of John Gruden winning a Super Bowl and all in the name of his hate for the Raiders. If that truly was the case, Bill Callahan needs to sit on somebody's couch. And then and sitting on that couch, he needs to pretty much talk to somebody. He needs to sit next to Manti Teo. He needs to sit next to Manti Teo. Lance Armstrong, too. If that's what he did. I mean, come on. That's illogical. That doesn't make sense. Why would he do it? What would be the sense in that? What would be the sense in doing that? There is no sense, and that's the point of it. There is no sense in doing it. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, Bill Callahan, in just reading his comments, you know what? If these guys don't take it back, Bill Callahan might be seeing these boys in court. I mean, they're defaming him. This is defamatory. They're defaming this guy, Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, as far as I'm concerned. As Roland Williams put it, these are two grumpy old men who, look, looking back at that particular game, can't get over it. They can't get over it. They just can't get over it. And that's probably what it is at the end of the day. Frustrated. You know, you're 10 years ago, you had an opportunity to be immortalized on some level, to be the best of the best, to have your name forever immortalized for winning a Super Bowl. And granted, Tim Brown is going to make the Hall of Fame. But after these comments, it may not be this year. This probably was not the time for Tim Brown. And judging by how difficult it has been over the years for wide receivers to get in, Chris Carter, Andre Reid, to name a couple, this probably was not a good thing for Tim Brown to come out and start talking and talking this talking this type of talk. Probably was not a good idea. Probably was not a good idea. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, looking at this whole thing, Tim Brown may have messed up his opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame this year. By doing this, by saying some of the stuff that he said, Tim Brown may have messed up his chances of making the Hall this season, this year. And the thing about it is, these wide receivers are having a hard time to get in, getting in. And now, by you talking, talking, in my mind, recklessly, your chances of getting into the hall may have been diminished. You may have just messed up your chances of ever getting into the Hall of Fame. At least for this year. I wouldn't say forever, because he's going to get in at some point. His numbers are just too great not to get in. He's going to get in. It just may not be this year. It just may not be this year. May not. It may not. And Tim has only himself to blame for that. Got to be smarter than that, Tim. You have to be smarter than that, my man. I know you're frustrated. I know you're angry. I know you're upset. But you got to be smart, man. Especially if you want to get into the hall. You can't say anything stupid. 
You can't say anything stupid. You can't say anything dumb that's going to affect your chances. You don't do that. You don't do that. That's just not something you do, Tim. It was not a bright move on your part. But it is what it is. Tim Brown made the comments that he made. It's out there. Jerry Rice supported him, backed him up. And now at this point, it is what it is. It is what it is, truthfully. And just hope that Tim Brown, just hope that Jerry Rice will find that happy place at some point where they don't have to talk about this again and it just becomes water under a bridge. And maybe it just is water under a bridge right now for these guys, but the reality is they're not happy. They're they're not happy. They're upset. And what are you going to do? They're unhappy. They're upset. It is what it is. But you guys have to be smart, especially Tim Brown. Jerry Rice, he's the GOAT. So he's in. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. He's in. So it doesn't matter. But in in terms of Tim Brown, it does matter at this point because you are not in the Hall. You are not in the Hall of Fame. So from that standpoint, it does matter. Will Tim Brown ever? Well, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Let me, let me, don't don't ask the question. I was about to ask the question, will Tim Brown ever get in the Hall of Fame? He's getting into the Hall of Fame. Again, it just may not be this year. And that's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. And Roller Williams said it. He was there. Tim Brown, I mean, excuse me, Bill Callahan is not a saboteur. He did not sabotage the Super Bowl for the Raiders. And real quickly now, Michael Crabtree, charges will not be filed against him for alleged sexual assault in a hotel after a team's victory against the Packers. And that came out on Friday, so he does not have to worry about that moving forward. And that's one less distraction he has to worry about. But charges will not be filed against him. And so he has it off his mind. And he played good football in the championship game, but now he has it off his mind, doesn't have to worry about that. So charges, again, will not be filed against Michael Crabtree. So he does not have to worry about that at all. I want to thank Roland Williams for stopping by. It was a pleasure having him on. Funny guy. And please support some of the great things he has going on. Go to RolandWilliams.com. That's RolandWilliams.com. Also, follow this man on Twitter, at RolandSpeaks. Support some of the great things Roland Williams has going on in the community. So I thank him for stopping by. Make sure you can listen to this show and other shows at blogtalkradio.com. Slash PGAN, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at GoForItGant. And make sure you listen to the podcast from last night. Last night we had uh, Justin Blaylock of the Falcons. We had uh, Chris Harris of the Denver Broncos. And we also had Rob Jackson of the Washington Redskins. Three guys who played in the playoffs this year. Three guys who were, were big parts of their team and made big plays throughout the course of this year. So make sure you check out that show, and make sure you check out this show, blogtalkradio.com slash where you can listen to this great show and check out past shows. 
at blogtalkradio.com. And also, follow us on Twitter at go for again For everybody here at go for check us out next Friday, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. It's Paul Gay. Let's go for it. See you later. Take care. Bye.